Father, we thank you so much for this solemn moment you have given us. Lord, we know what is happening here tonight is not man-made. This is ordained of God. So we are grateful, Father. We pray that your spirit will now over upon this place, fill this place with your presence. And Lord, we pray that every moment all the way, you will guide us all the way through. So we commit this time into your hands. Even as we speak your word, Lord, we pray that your word will be with us through as we go back home. Let nothing of mine impede the flow of your spirit. We give you this time in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's clap hands for our musicians as they sit down. Thank you so much. You can do better than that. Clap hands for them. Thank you, Jesus. Before I speak the word of God in a few minutes, because I see our time is really gone, but Thank the Lord people are still waiting for the word. Okay, thank you. I want to thank God for son and daughter for inviting me and my wife to be here. We are so glad to see what God is doing here. I think it was last year, but one that we are here, or I don't know, it's the other year. But we are seeing the hand of God. And even Tiamboke going from one level to the other. The Lord is doing great things amongst us. So thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I would not come here without your permission. And I want to thank God for all the servants of the Lord that are gathered around you today. I shall mention by name. They've already been greeted, so we want to thank you for coming to to stand by him in this ordination. And also I see dignitaries from uh, political parties, our councillors, and uh, advocate uh, Nelson Chomisa is here. We want to thank God that you found time to come here. God bless you. Before we, we conduct the ordination, I want to say a few words from God's word, something the Lord has dropped in my heart, in my heart uh, for the past I would say two, two months is the word that the Lord has been putting upon my heart repeatedly. And uh, I want to share with you to this evening before I conduct the ordination. When I'm doing ordination, I will ask the bishops who are here to come and be with me as we release God's servant into the next level of his ministry. And so I will, uh, I will not forget my wife. My wife is here. 
If we can just greet my wife, please. Um, everyone else can forget you. I will never forget you. Because you mean a lot to me. I'm going to read the word of God from the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 15 and 16 whilst we are standing. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we, were, we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'll read verse 16 again. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may be seated in his presence. Those who are able to sit. President Richard Nixon was very infamous because of the Watergate scandal in those years. Some of us who were still very young, we just read about it and uh, it didn't really much mean much to us. But because of what he had done, many people started to shun him away. He had put the nation of uh, the United States of America to disrepute, even the office of the president itself, to disrepute, and many people were looking down upon this man. When one of the presidents um, passed away, Nixon also attended the funeral. And many people, dignitaries who were there, they were just coming in and leaving him alone, standing in the corner because of what he had done. One would say rightfully so, but, you know, when Jimmy Carter, who was president then, walked into the room, he noticed that Nixon was standing all by himself. And many of the people were shunning him away. And uh, he also never expected anyone to come close to him because of what he had done. But as the president, Jimmy Carter, the sitting president, walked into the room, he went straight to where he was and he said, welcome home, Mr. President, welcome home. The writers who wrote in newspapers the day after that, they made a comment that, that day, one day, changed totally the status of Nixon, which had already fallen. And because of one man who just walked to him and gave him grace where he did not deserve grace. And from that moment, he started to walk tall because of what had happened. He had acceptance after that. But 
really he had received grace where he never really deserved the grace. So, I'm speaking on a message I've entitled, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. And I want to pick my story from where we have read because the word of God is very clear. It said we have the privilege to come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace. And the reason is that we do not have a priest, a high priest, who just ended up doing what he did here on earth and ended up here, but he passed through the heavens, even up to the third heaven. He passed through other heavens, which we may not know, where the devil has his power, but he passed through because he had the blood which had shed for us. And so we can now come boldly before the throne of grace and find grace. And I want to say to somebody today, Grace is unmerited favor. It's favor that you don't deserve. And what if you look back, you can actually say, I, I don't know why God has done so much in my life because I don't deserve it. And I want to drop this in your heart, my son and my daughter, before I do ordination that the mountain that you are climbing, the mountains that are going to be climbed from now onwards as you go, there's one thing that you need all the way through. And this is the grace of God. The grace of God must come upon your life all the way through. But I, I, I was saying to myself, but how do I get grace? If it's unmerited favor, if it's an unmerited favor, then but, but, but do I need to work for it? The Lord brought me back to the book of Genesis. When you read the book of Genesis, you'll find that when Adam fell, the man Adam, we all fell. And when he fell, he needed grace because what he had done was so bad that he needed the grace of God. And right there in the Garden of Eden, we see an animal is killed and blood is shed and then man is forgiven. Uh, God takes the, 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 the skin and wraps man in the skin. In other words, the grace of God covers him in that mess. I started to see that no, 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 no. Really, when this man fell, that's when I fell. If anybody's hearing me here who has not received their uh, Jesus Christ as their personal savior, I want you to know that you are not a sinner because you've smoked or you drink, you're not a sinner because you kill. You are a sinner because the first man, Adam, fell. And when we fell, he fell, all of us fell. And so, actually, you are, you kill because you are a sinner. Your step is the one that really dictates what you do. And so, what you are doing today may even trouble you and say, why... Well, you know, my life is like this, but it's because of that sinful nature. With, in, in all that mess, God remembered you and I in Adam. And he gave us blood of animals so that we could be covered for a moment. But Leviticus chapter 16 stresses that the, the, the blood would cover just for one year. And the priest would go again into the 
holy of holies and he would plead for our cause. He would actually, I always dramatize this, he would take the first goat and he would lay his hands on it and, and, and cut its, its throat and blood would come out. And then when God would see the blood, God would forgive. Then he would hold the second God and say all the sins of Israel on it. All the sins of Israel on it. And then the Bible says in the book of Leviticus, a strong righteous man would then take that God into the wilderness and leave it. Today in Africa, here in Zimbabwe specifically, we call it Kurasirira. It did not start with, with Africa. It's as old as humanity. So that God laden with the curses of a family, the curses of a nation, would then wander in the desert. And the nation would re re receive some reprieve for a moment. But it was only for one year. But I want to thank God because of his grace. Unmerited favor because you and I did not deserve it. We were in our sins. We were in our mistakes. We were worshipping the dead. We were worshipping anything that we saw. Like when you go to India today, you'll find that they can worship anything. Actually, we're talking of million gods they have. We were, we were in our sins. We were laden in our sins and we had no hope. But I thank God because the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5, whilst we were yet sinners, when we were still in that state, God sent his own begotten son. And so the grace that comes in first, which I want you to see, is the grace for your salvation. For you to have a relationship with God once again. I do not want to leave that because today you might be blaming yourself and say, I don't deserve the grace of God, but the grace of God just came on you because of his son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came, he replaced the animals that we were chasing every day so that the cases of the family can go. I was talking to somebody and I said, I wonder because today we have about 7 billion people on earth. And I wonder what would be happening today if everyone was to look for a goat or look for a lamp to sacrifice so that blood could, 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 could bring the remission of sin. What would be happening today because we don't have, we may not have seven billion goats on earth. But I want to thank God because one man, Jesus, the son of the living God, came for you and for me. This is the ABC of the gospel. It's not complicated. As you go forward, son, keep it simple. Keep it simple. We are saved by grace. And we receive that grace by faith. We are saved by grace. And we receive it by faith. We are saved by grace. And we receive it by faith. It's simple. The enemy would want to complicate it. For us to think that. To receive salvation. You need to work for it. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Not of works. 
lest any man should boast. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So as you advance, my son and daughter, as you do the work of the ministry, never think that your efforts are the ones really bringing all the success. If you want to go far, you need this thing called grace. It has to come upon your life. And when you have it, grace makes things that are difficult in the normal to do become very easy to do. When you have the grace of God upon your life, where you need to put a lot of effort, you may not need to do that because there's something upon your life that just enables you to do things as you go by. When I look at my spiritual father, Archbishop Guti, we were just in his office a few days ago. And he was telling me, son, in South Africa, the work is exploding. And, and things are just happening. As he was saying this, this message just came to me. That this is grace. So now, listen, we talk then of grace of ministry. Grace of gifts. Grace to pass through a difficult time. Grace to pass through. You see, when you have a, a mother who has lost about five children in an accident and you come before them, maybe what you can only pray for is, Lord, she needs your grace to pass through this. There's not amount, an, an amount of trying to, to console her that can really bring any, 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 any semblance of deliverance in her life. She's in anguish and she needs the grace of God to come into her life. And this is the grace that was given right from the beginning, the grace of salvation. But as I started to look at it, the Lord started to show me something. And look at the book of James chapter 4. Uh, the Bible says that we have received, it, it says, he gives grace, more grace. He gives grace upon grace. He says in his word, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Then, then I started to discover, oh, even after receiving the grace of salvation, which I did not work for. By the way, he did not start to work with me when I came to know him. No, he, came, he started to work with you when you were still in the beer hall, when you were still a murderer, when you were still worshipping the dead, when you were still uh, very sinful. Because of what he put in your life, he preserved you by grace. Many of you, you don't know, you, you, you can actually recall how you escaped accidents. Some of you actually, you, you were shocked how you survived in an accident when you are that sinful. How you made it after robbing a, a, a family and, 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 and the, the, the police were after you. They got you. They, they, there was a shooting there, but you never died. Yes, you went to prison. You came out. You are still there. 
Why are you being preserved? I started to ask, apart from the salvation story, where you get the grace of God in abundance, I'm seeing grace upon grace. Now in your life, as you go from one place to the other, as you go from one level to the other, the grace of God is now upon your life and it started way back when you were still in the world. God was preserving. And I asked myself one person, but why? Why? Because I was sinful. And the Lord said to me, because of the purposes of God in your life, the purposes of God that were put in your life before the foundations of the world, that's why you are still alive today. That's why you are still walking when you were that sinful. God said, I will preserve him. One day you'll come back to me. And I want you to, to tell everybody here, even, even the politicians who are here, I want you to know this. You are not alive today because of wisdom. God sees something that he puts in you and he says, I'll preserve this. No matter what happens, I'll preserve this. This one will not die in him. So it's not so much about yourself, but it's about the purposes of God in your life. And when you find the purposes of God in your life, you, you start to flow. You start to please God. You start to, heaven stands up and claps hands for you. And, 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 and grace upon grace starts to come into your life. Now, the Bible has said, Ephesians 2, 8, not by works, lest any man should boast. I, I, I want you in this meeting today to come out of this place knowing how you can maintain 24-7 grace coming into your life. In ministry, at your workplace, education, wherever. How can you maintain grace even in ministry? We've heard you can't work for it. But how, how can you maintain the grace of God upon your life? Now, I've told you, the Bible is very, very clear. In the book of James chapter 4, it says that he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Right there, mama, right there, my dear young man, there is a position in the life of a child of God which guarantees a flow of grace into your life. You can't work for it. You cannot work for it. It has to be a position that you maintain in your life. And then grace continues to pour in your life. Actually, the Bible also says that if it is by grace, then if it is by works, then it's no longer grace. If it is by works, then it's no longer grace. And if it is by grace, then Works are not involved. Don't we work? Don't we do things? We should. Brethren, we have seen, I gave my life to Jesus Christ in 1972. And I'll tell you my story just in a few minutes, two minutes or so. 
right from the beginning, I knew there's something upon my life. I was seeing in AFM, in a very big conference in Urumbe, there many people in the mountain. I was seeing, and the people would be saying, who is singing? That small boy. I used to have dreams, visions that are very big. I shan't go into that, but my point is, during those years, there were great, great people, great servants of the Lord that rose up in those years. And some with, born in the same area, born at the same time, with eloquence of speech, dexterity of speech when they stand in front of people, but could not lead many people. It was always a few people until they gave up. In the 70s, there's many great saints of the Lord that rose up, and there are many that gave up. Say to somebody, how is it that somebody who is laboring so much as a founder of a church for years and nothing has happened? Yet somebody just comes up and, and, and all of a sudden there's a big following. I want to qualify this and say it has something to do with grace. The grace of God upon somebody's life for a specific function. Where God says, without it, you cannot accomplish anything that you were born for. You were born for something, and I want to say to somebody today, you were born for something great in your life. You were born for great things, but you need the grace of God upon your life. Now, I want to illustrate this with the story of Gideon. And then I'm done. The story of Gideon is amazing. Now you listen to it. It's, it's, it's the book of uh, Judges chapter 6. The Midianites are wreaking havoc to the children of Israel. Every year they would wait for the Israelites to, to reap. Reaping time, that's when they would come and swoop over the fields and take everything. And this happened year in, year out. And so on this very day, Gideon, a young man, is taken, he's actually in a wine press, and in, 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 in the wine press, he's doing something that you should never do in a wine press. Arukupura, wine press. And the voice comes, the angel of the Lord says, Men of Allah, Hello, man of Allah. And he looks up and he says, How do you say that? How do you say that? Where are the miracles that our forefathers told us that we crossed the Red Sea? There were miracles. We, 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 we had all those things come our way. How is it that we are in this predicament where everything that we, we work hard for is taken away so quickly? And then the Lord continued. You see, God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't wait for your rumbling. When you are in, in trouble, he goes to the point. And he says, go in this your might. I want you to deliver the children of Israel from the Midianites. And he says something. He says, how can it be? 
the last clan. I'm the last born in my family. The clan is the last clan in Manasseh. If, if he was to expand, he would say, Manasseh himself was supposed to be the firstborn, but when Jacob prayed for the two children, he, he switched hands. And so we are coming from a family that has no blessing. I'm the least. I'm nothing. I'm not educated. I don't have any, any degree in a country where at least you must have a degree or a PhD. A PhD to, be, to lecture at the university or something like that. I don't have that. And I'm the last born in my family. I'm looked down upon by every member of the family. How can you say that I can deliver the children of Israel from the Midianites? How can that be? Because we, we are the least in the whole chain. And God says, go ahead. You are going to deliver the children of Israel in this your might. What can that be if it's not grace? What can that be if it's not grace? Now, listen to the, to the detail. He then says, how many soldiers do you have? Gideon says, I have 32,000 men. And I think he was feeling very, very strong. He was saying, I, I've got 32,000 men, so I can, I can wipe out the Midianites. And God said, no, there are too many. There are too many. I want you to know from this meeting how you can position yourself, the grace of God to flow in your life all the way through. There are too many. Now, what you only do here is go back to the army and, and ask them a question. Uh, how many are afraid? And all those other afraid must go back home. How many are afraid? Go back home. He eliminated the afraid. And then said, how many do you have now? He said, 10,000. Actually, 22,000, it remained. 10,000, there they said, no, there are too many. Now, in chapter 7, God now clarifies why he wants him to reduce his soldiers. And he says, reduce your soldiers. These are too many, lest Israel gets the glory. Lest Israel gets the glory. Son, I want to give you this with all my heart. The key to the flow of grace in your life, the key is in everything, God must receive the glory. In your life, in everything that you do, God must receive the glory. In everything, even when you go to work, when you get a job, uh, right at that moment, God must receive the glory. When everyone else has been turned away in an interview and you finally get that job, please, it's not about your intelligence. It's not about your wisdom. You must stand up right outside the interview room and say, Father, in it all, I know I went to school. I know I've got education. But in it all, Father, 
Father, I give you the glory. If it had not been of you, then I would not be what I am today. This is the key for the flow of grace in your life. The Bible says, he did not been of the Lord who was on our side. Now let Israel say, he did not been of the Lord who was on our side. Or our enemies would have swallowed us and eaten us alive. He did not been of the Lord. When you travel like this, I want to say to you, you cannot work for grace. But you can position yourself for grace. And today there are some people in this meeting who have been thrown away from family to family, changed from family to family. Actually, when you were still very young, grade one, you did it with another family. You were kicked away to stay with an uncle. You were kicked away to stay with an aunt. And, 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 and you got your education in bits and pieces. And you, right now you're looking down upon yourself. You say, what can come out of Israel? What can come out of, of, of Nazareth? Nothing can come out of Nazareth. When it's like that, my daughter, you are really positioned for grace. Why? Because God always wants to receive all the glory. He has to receive all the glory. When he receives glory, then he says, give him whatever he wants. Grace will come upon your life. And today the Lord told me, just stretch out your hands as you preach because I'm showering my grace upon some people who will look down upon even in this nation. They've told you you are nothing. You will amount to nothing. You are rising to nothing. But I'm here as a servant of the Lord to tell you, God ordained you in that position in whatever you have been called to do, whatever it is, the Lord has chosen you and no one can can fight you and win because it's by grace. Oh, the grace of God is in the meeting today. Position yourself, mama. Position yourself because God is about to pour out his grace. The grace of God comes because of brokenness. Brokenness. It comes because of brokenness. I don't deserve it. Even when you have a little favor, my, my, my sister, my brother, just a little thing, praise God the whole night like you are mad. You have just received a small thing. I want you to learn to give glory to God. We give you glory, Father. We give you glory, Jesus. We thank you even for our nation, Zimbabwe. We give you glory for our nation. Because in this broken state, we are about to receive the grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. And brethren, it's not about people. It's not about abilities. It's not about our strength. When God comes on the scene, he changes everything totally. Everything is turned around. God has come in the scene finally. I want to say to my ministers, fellow ministers, it doesn't matter you've got 10 people before you today. You've got 20 people before you today. You've been traveling for many years with few people. I want you to know it's only one day, my young man. It's only one day. Only one day. Only one day. God does not need months, does not need years to turn around a situation. 
Our God is powerful. Our God is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we can ask or think according to the power that works within. The power is already within you. Your word says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may not be of us but of God. You see, it's all about him. The excellence of the power may not be of us, but of God. We are hard-pressed on all sides, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Oh! The word then says... We now look at things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal. But things that are not seen are, te- are eternal. So we, we, we are saying, can you see grace? You can't. But you can see its force. Once grace comes upon your life, young man, you cannot die easily. Ah, ah, you cannot die easily because God said what I put in, in him, what I put in here before the foundations of the world cannot just go just like that. Because you see, you were born for a purpose. You were born for a purpose by God. And that purpose has nothing to do with you. It has not something to do with the giver. The one who gave the purpose. So when the purpose is upon your life, ah, you shall leave. You shall not die. You need the grace of God just to flow in your life. So I say to this meeting today, I say to every pastor who is here, rejoice your soldiers. Rejoice your soldiers, mama. I see you. You can actually bring down your husband from head to toe. You can just denigrate him every day. You are trying to change him by your power. You actually can speak the whole night. He says, tomorrow I'm going to work. Please, let's be quiet. You say, no, this thing, we must finish it tonight. And you go on speaking. You want to try and change him in your own power. When you do that, God folds his hands. And he says, continue on. The day you remove your hands and say, Father, take care of Lamech. I did not create Lamech. Lamech was created by you. That's the day when God starts to work in your life. What is it? What is it? Is it ministry, son? The day you hand it over to God. One day, one son just phoned me and said, Baba, come. I think it was, uh, it was in uh, Mutoko there. He says, Baba, please come very quickly. If you don't come quickly, the church will just disintegrate. I said, I, I don't have a church. I am a steward. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. And if he leaves crumble, it's him. When you do this, that's when God steps in. And when God steps in, what the devil does, does is picnic. What the enemy tries to do is just picnic because God is well able 
to do exceedingly in everything that he does. And I want to say to you today, the grace of God is in the meeting. You have heard the word of God. You have understood the word of God. The grace of God is hanging in this place. There are some people walking out with the grace to prosper in whatever they are doing in their lives. There is a grace that's coming upon your life now. And by the way, I said that day, grace cannot be copied. You can't just say somebody has got this grace in this area. I'll just copy and start a church or, and I'll do the same. No, 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 no. When the grace comes upon your life, it's specifically for the purpose that you were created for. Listen, you were born to answer questions all over the world. You were born to answer questions in Zimbabwe. You were born to answer questions in Africa. You were born to answer. There are people walking with a question mark. And you were born. Who knows there's somebody waiting for you in Afghanistan. Somebody waiting for you in Australia. Who knows? Because of what God has put in your life. But for you to flow well. Rejoice soldiers. Listen, if you can figure it out, there's no grace. If you still can figure it out. I want to say to somebody, the spirit of the Lord is saying to me, when you, when you kneel down in the middle of the night and you say, I don't know what to do. If you don't intervene here, I'm done. You've just started but if you can figure it out quickly and, and put one plus one is equal to two quickly. And so this is the secret, son. This is the secret. Now, finally, who carries grace? Who carries grace? Who carried grace from the beginning? And brought it on earth. Love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. God did not send his son to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. In other words. Jesus is love. God is love. He is the one who carries grace. Apart from your positioning. You must know what carries grace. Because grace is heavy. I picture, see this, brethren in heaven, man has just fallen. And although it was known from the beginning, man would fall. But I think there was a, ah, in heaven, what has happened? So who is going to go carry this thing called grace and bring it to them? Who is going to carry it? I think grace was there. And everybody was looking down. I think Archangel Michael looked down and said, I cannot carry it. It's heavy. Jesus, the son of the living God, because his love carried the grace. That madman of Galilee they used to call him an insane Samaritan. 
If you read your words very well, they used to call him a mad Samaritan. And then one day, in the period of the law, the Bible says there was a man coming from Jericho to Jerusalem and he fell among his thieves and they left him for dead. And the first one who came was the priests. These were carriers of the law, but law could not carry grace. The Bible says he came and he passed by and left him to die. Now the priests were the carriers of the moral law. Now the moral law, he should have said, who did it? Who, 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 stole, who killed this man like this? He should have sought for justice. But the law could not. Hebrews 8 verse 1 says, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the, the spirit of the law of Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak. Jesus did it. And who came next? The Levite. Who was the Levite? The carrier of the ceremonial law. Washings and all that. He should have washed this man. He did not. He passed by. And the mad Samaritan now this is the he was talking about himself Jesus he came he took this man gave him the anesthesia of the day wine mixed with some and he, he cleaned him took him into an inn then he asked the lawyer who was neighbor to this man and the lawyer said I suppose the one who took care of aha Grace is only carried by love. And I give you this with all my heart, son. Never go into the doctrine to say, witches must die. Once you get into that doctrine, you get into the doctrine of hatred. And hatred cannot carry grace. It is love that carries grace. Love the unlovable. With these two things, ladies and gentlemen, I really rest my case. Position yourself in humility. Love people. Love the unlovable. God loves even home. God, God hates homosexuality, but he loves homosexuals. God hates prostitution. But he loves the prostitute. Brethren, I gave an example. During the war, soldiers would come on horsebacks. Would you shoot the horse or the horse rider? The horse rider. Because if you shoot the horse, the horse rider will look for another horse. So you can... Let them come into your churches. Let witches come into your churches. They're, they're just a career of the spirit of witchcraft. That's all. Just love them and then continuously the Lord will deliver them and then they'll become soul saints in the kingdom of God. You must love people. You must love people. You must love people. You must love people. 
Actually, God is fond of putting some of the things you badly need in the people you badly hate. There are some people who are carrying your stuff. But because you don't love them, they go away with your stuff. Your promotion is with your enemy. And if you hate your enemy, you will go nowhere. That's why then I can say, I have everything. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, oh, the Lord is my refuge and my strength. My God in him I'll trust. In other words, without him I cannot do anything. I cannot do anything. All the days of your life you can receive grace. You just need a gradient to receive the grace of God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand here as your servant. Thank you so much for what you're doing here and where you are raising your servant to, what you have done in his life together with his wife. In this meeting, Father, I pray that your grace be outpoured in the lives of your people, something they cannot work for. I pray that now it comes upon everyone with an open heart everyone who says wait not for you Lord Father thank you let your grace now sweep across there are some people passing through difficult times they need your grace there are some people who have been rejected they need your grace there are some people who are tagged left and right they need your grace some who have passed lost their beloved and they are in a period of mourning they need your grace it cannot happen any other way father take them in grace to the next level of their lives thank you father I give you glory today I give you praise in Jesus name amen is there anyone is there anyone, before we sit down, anyone who says, Bishop, I want, I want to receive Christ as my personal savior. I need that grace. I want to receive Christ as my... If you are there, just raise up your hand. If you are there, just raise up your hand and receive Jesus as my personal savior. Are you there? Thank you, Jesus. If not... May be seated as we go into the ordination. Let's clap hands to our Lord Jesus Christ who loved us so much that He came carrying grace for our lives. He gave us grace in abundance. And if you can, Hallelujah. Son and daughter, if you can come, both of you. Under uh, some music, if there's any special song for you as you come up front together with Mama Gurupira and the bishops who are here. Come on, guys.
you can sing something. Beloved, we are gathered today in the sight of God and in the sight of this great company to ordain Pride Spear as Bishop in the Kingdom of God. Bishop in his church. We do this well aware of scripture which says that if anyone desires to be a bishop, he desires a good work. But a bishop, therefore, must be a man who has his house in order, not greedy for money, not quarrelsome. Which traits we have obtained, we have observed in the life of Pride Spear. We are also well aware of God's word which separates uh, servants of the Lord in the book of Acts chapter 13 from verse 1. Now they were teachers at Antioch and, and prophets at Antioch. But the Spirit of the Lord said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I've called 
for them to do. And they were separated. And today we do the same to separate bride's beer into the bishopric. <laughs> now I want you to kneel down. Raise up your right hand, son. When you have traveled in ministry and the Lord is prospering you in many ways, materially, spiritually, socially, the Lord is raising you up. Will you continue to serve him? I will. Son, ministry has valleys and mountains. I'll remind you of one of the greatest servants of the Lord that ever lived, Moses, who was very meek. The day when he came to the Red Sea and many people were against him, were there no graves in Egypt that you brought us into this wilderness to die? He never gave up. He told them, be still, for the Lord will wrought a great victory for you today. Only be still. And the Lord came through. The reason why he stood like that is because he had an encounter with God before. So he had something to fall back to when difficult times came. Never forget the day the Lord called you and you had an encounter with him, whether it was visible or not visible. Never forget. So if such times come your way, will you stand, son, and continue in ministry leading leaders, leading pastors? I will stand by them. You will stand Are you going to live by the constitution of the ministry, glory ministries, and give an example to everyone, those who are following you, as you abide by the constitution? Are you going to do that? I will. Let's clap hands. Oil. We will anoint you today, kneel together, and release you into ministry and all the bishops who are going to pray for you. I want you to know that this is just oil. We've prayed for it and it stands as a symbol of the anointing upon your life. I remind you of the story of David. The Bible says the day Samuel anointed David, the spirit of the Lord never left him from that day. May the spirit of the Lord never leave you from today as you lead your people. So today we release you to lead leaders, to lead pastors, to lead the flock, to lead churches, 
to expand all over the world under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and we release you under the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Tinamate. Mwari wakarurama, mwari wenyasha shinji, mwari usinga kanganwe, shakaita mwanao yukuma kura ya kawanda, magamusimu za from nowhere, magamusimu za baba, tinima witness nas, yukusimu za kwenyu, kunema mistakes akaitwa, pakutangwa kwe ministry ino mwari, ma mistakes akaitwa, amweangari, ekushikuza, amweangari ma mistakes, ekutaza kunzu, wakutaura kwenyu, Asimwari mashiri jose Muranda wenya akaterera Kutiatunga miri lewa nuwenyu Nuna kutenda ishino mwari Tauya sawaranda wenyu baba Tatanda waza maoko edu Ma bishops osa haripano Tunga miri raimu anawush Tunga miri raimu anawush Tunga miri raimu anawush So zaimu anawi mwari Tunga miri raishe wedu Baba mweru zino chaka Mweruzi no chaga kukanganisa. Mweruzi no chaga kupinga hiza. Asitamisa maokwenye baba. Chungamila imana wewe. Mukundisei hono zose. Mukundisei baba. Shukurusei mbazirei. Kuramba haka shini nipisa bamberi penyu. Kuramba haka shini nipisa bamberi penyu. Mupei warudo. Nemanu wa shinji. Mupei warudo ne nerera. Mupei rudo ne aowa. Create a big heart in them, a big heart to keep many people, a big heart in the name of Jesus. You said through your servant Paul as he was speaking to Timothy fend the gift that came upon your life through the laying on of hands and Father I lay my hands that your gifts will come through in their lives in Jesus name No weapon formed against you should ever prosper. Yes. Every tongue that raises against you shall, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the children of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
I will ask I will ask a few pastors reverence please come and just congratulate the servant of the Lord reverend pastors who are here come please PK as the, as the musicians are singing PK be on standby please come PK
The entire leadership, Baba and Mama, we say congratulations. Makoro Koto, Tinofara, Dedina Mama Toktendai, na Bishop Wedo Matipa. Ah, long live our Bishop, amen. Hallelujah. So, Dinema Bishop Mamatina Opano, including uh, Baba. Apostle Parwaringira, who officiated the first ordination for our father, Waripano, we have got a few words to speak. Sakar Gaindisie, Kunababa Parwaringira, and uh, other bishops, Waripano, Bishop Njimbo. Thank you. My acknowledgement, Kuna Baba Namama, thank you so much for the great work. I would want to say, we give all the glory and the honor unto him. I remember some between 14, 15 years ago when this ministry was very small, maybe less than 20, and we came to ordain him into ministry. And I believe year by year I was coming here, Tiambuke, ministering, and we've seen this growth and still preaching the undiluted gospel and again, in front of all the bishops and everybody here present, continue to reflect Christ, never replace him. Amen. Continue to reflect Christ, never to replace him. And when you do that, you finish well. Congratulations. God bless you. Bishop Mzimbo also has some words to say. Praise God. It's, it's an exciting day today. And I want to thank our Archbishop and Mama. Thank you for braving today up to this hour just to appoint our Bishop today. I love uh, Bishop Pride Sibia. He's been with us here in Chitungwiza for a long time and is one of the people that has been giving a representation of what the kingdom of God is in this town and uh, today just like you were saying I just want to tell him that this job is no longer like a city job or a provincial job it is the responsibility that has been bestowed on this anointing that it is now the whole world in your hands and if the whole world is in your hands it comes with a greater and mightier responsibilities than you had before then you thought you were responsible but this time you need to understand that you are going to be more than responsible because everybody will be looking at you and not just the way they were looking before but they are looking at a greater and different way of seeing things because now from you will sons and daughters that will become also bishops will come out and because of that reason that humility that was being spoken today, that humbleness and that love that was being spoken today should be indeed the grace that you need to take up with this job. Congratulations, Bishop Wrightsbeer. We love you. No, no tender, Bishop Mama, Bishop
Benson also has some words to say. Regaitombere Mama Bishop Benson Wachuya. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is a wonderful day. To our chief consecrator, Archbishop Namama, we say thank you and we love you. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the College of Bishops and Apostles. Normally when we greet bishops and their apostles, we say his grace. And today, from, on, from today onwards, his grace. This is a lesson yatapiwa pano na baba na mama. Bishop, my teacher, practically. Because munango mukimangwana ango prophet, ango pastor, ango bishop, ango apostle. Wakao denwanani. Divani wakaku pupurila. Divani wakaisa maftapa msoro pako. Chikoro cha mato itapano. Itzidiso ya mato itapano. Mato pariza vangeri wombe to clergy community. Welcome. Congratulations. I'm shopping. Thank you, Mama. No tender. With me, I also have these kids. They are representing pastor's kids, PK. They are sons and daughters of the pastors and glory ministries being represented here. We also have a representative of the pastor's kids who is going to speak a congratulatory message to our father. Let's welcome, oh, it's Sister Anno. We are representing the pastor's kids. Let me leave time to her. Thank you. A lovely evening to you all. Um, on behalf of the PK pastor's kids, we want to say congratulations to my dad, a.k.a. also known as my brother, <laughs> Apostle Price Beer. Um, we were very much overwhelmed with joy as we have witnessed to being consecrated, ordained bishop. We know that you are a rare gift to us and we are also humbled to be able to witness this rare occasion, to witness this consecration. May the love of God be upon you as you endeavor to save in the new role of Bishop of Glory Ministries and the body of Christ that the Lord has bestowed upon your shoulders. We as PK pastors, kids, assure you that we're going to be praying for you and may the grace of God be with you always. God bless you. Baba Bishop. Baba Bishop. Amen. Amen. 